Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, geez. I, woke up to I thought so. we hadn't gotten any texts from anybody on a uh, third host audition for the Manning cast. And then I'm yeah. thinking, where is everybody? And then all of a sudden, I did a refresh of our text line, and we've got 100 of them. Uh, <laughs> and there's a skit out already about the Manning cast uh, third member, our host, host auditions. Peyton Manning in that uh Omaha Productions, they do they do good work, man. They did because that came out fast. I mean, it was like they uh, read our mind. They planned it, but yeah, it's like right when we brought it up, that's it came out five, me, like fifteen me, minutes ago. Give me your initial reactions when I mention these. All right, Gronk, Gronk, Gronk could be fun. That'd be good. Gronk could be fun. Gronk has good stories too. TV twelve. Oh, the goat. You bring the goat on there. Yeah, you talk about Grand Doesn't Slam. Doesn't he work for Fox, run. though? Didn't he work for Fox already? Don't, you know, sometimes they make deals now where you can do weird stuff, so I don't know how they would do that, but that would be check and mate. But he does have a Fox contract. Romo? Romo's a miracle. Here's a good one. John Gruden. John Gruden would be, wouldn't be bad. I, I mean, the NFL and John Gruden have a very He's touchy relationship right now. So yeah, well, That's right. That's why I tune in to see if yeah. he pops off on Roger Goodell. Or yes, anything. I don't know if the NFL would endorse that. But he was the, he was the <laughs> color man on Monday Night Football for a long time yeah. before he came back to the Raiders. But now he's not on. He's, not he's in, very colorful. He's not in good standing with the league right now. No, he's not. Yes. So I don't know about that one. But that's the Brady true. one is interesting. But you're right. Contractually, might be a conflict there. Uh, new Manning cast, Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah, they paying him enough money. He needs to. <laughs> they paying him enough money around there. Like, hey, man, we need you to do something else. So, Pat McAfee won. That makes it. They putting him on everything. I mean, he's on. You know, obviously game day, and and he's gonna have his show on there. I could see them trying to diversify his brand more. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Brett Favre mentioned. I think Brett <laughs> probably. <laughs> Brett's trying to go away. He's trying to Brett's get away trying from to go that away. issue in Mississippi. Yeah, in he doesn't want. States. Yeah, he's trying to go away. Oh, somebody says Strahan. That's oh. not bad. He's a busy guy, too, right? He's got he Good Morning America, yeah. and he does the Fox pregame with uh, Bradshaw and all those guys. You watch those shows, any of those pregames for the NFL? Uh, I, sometimes I do watch them. Yeah, when I can, when I can uh, catch them, I, I watch them sometimes. I'm, I'm the, I don't. I don't. I None know, of it? Well, because, you know, everybody watches College Game Day with ESPN, but I don't because normally we're working on game day, and I'm getting ready for the Very show, true. and it's yep. like – you know, if it's on, I'll watch it, but it's not like I'm not, not religiously there at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock every morning to, to check it out. And then on pregames for, for football in the NFL, I don't know. I, did, I I tune in right at noon and start watching the games. I pretty much have a good grasp of what's coming, and I don't need – And they do some good stuff on there. But usually they'll retweet the, the best segments they of their do. shows. I can just right. watch those. 
they'll throw it out there. Someone says Dave Chappelle. Interesting. I was thinking about them bringing a comedian. It won't be Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle he ma- he makes way awesome. too much money. It would be awesome. And Dave Chappelle, he's not giving up free content like that for nothing. They had to pay him too much money. I don't even know if they could afford him. When Bill Burr went on there, he was hilarious. Bill Burr is great. I love Bill Burr. Bill Burr much more affordable, though, than a Dave Chappelle. That's true. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's a different level. We all agree. So uh, that would be all- well, when- I love when they try to incorporate comedians into it. Um, remember they did that Monday Night Football? Yeah, who was the, the comedian? Guy? Who was the comedian? Bald, bearded guy? Oh. He's, too, he's more of a wise guy. Remember they had Tony Kornheiser do it yeah. once for a while, too? I can't even think of his name. Yeah. But, what yeah. is that, guys? Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Miller? Dennis Miller. Yes, they Dennis tried. Miller. and he, it was, I mean, he, I'm sure it was entertaining. But I'm just saying that's another example of them just trying to just bring a comedian well, their worst decision in. Find a on comedian Monday that's night. a sports fan. That shouldn't be hard. The worst decision on Monday Night Football was when they had Eric Dickerson doing sidelines. That did not go well. <laughs> ED was not strong. <laughs> not strong on the it, sidelines. It is. It, it, people think that gig is easy. I've done sideline reporting. It's not it easy. is not as easy as people think it is. Because they, they, but you got an allotment of time. They're giving you about twenty seconds, twenty five seconds. And they're like, all right. And sometimes you don't even know they're coming to you. And you got to get it in, and you got to get in and get out. And by the way, pay attention to the action on the field because they don't want you to interrupt the call that's happening on the field. It is not as easy as everybody think it is. So. Throwing it out there. This says, uh, guys, Pac-Man Jones is my new favorite part of the Pat oh, McAfee show. Pac-Man Jones would be great. He actually is pretty good on that Pat McAfee show. Somebody else who is actually, oh, you know what? You know who it might be? Snoop Dogg. Snoop. Snoop Dogg. No, no, I'm just saying. He's been, like, doing these calls. You've heard these before, E, where he'll call. He'll do his own, like, makeshift call of a sporting event. Yeah, and yeah. they brought him on to do, like, some, like, not, not UFC, but MMA stuff, where he'll have to call. Him. And he's well, hilarious. He was doing that, that, that planet to where he's doing all the animals and doing the play-by-play of the animals. <laughs> Those are hilarious. So I want, he's a, he's a sports what guy. What is that, a mongoose? <laughs> what is a mongoose? What are they doing? Oh, he's a sports guy too. Sometimes he's a sports fan. He, play, he played football. His kid played football. His kid or played football. Yeah, he's a genuine sports fan. Like he pays attention to it. So that might be, I don't know. That could be a wild card. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Thanks for the uh, predictions on that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's good. Here. Ryan Coming Clark. Up. Ryan Clark is a good. One. If you're talking about real substance, Ryan Clark's legit. Talking about football guy, and he's he's funny. Interesting, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's got substance. Hey, listen, substance. Uh, Rod, you've got a rant coming up. What are we ranting about here? Uh, I have, I believe I've isolated a, a concept that I can, with almost 100% certainty, guarantee that Alabama will use against Texas. Okay. Their offense, uh, their offensively, they'll use against Texas. I, like I said, that nothing is 100%, but I'm like 95% sure Texas is going to see this concept and they're going to have to be ready to stop it. So I did a lot of research, went rabbit holing, and I'll do the. I'll give you all the details about the deep dive in Rod's Ramp today. All right, week one of college football. Safe to say the biggest storylines on the affirmative and the positive were Colorado. Yeah. Oh no, Colorado's a national story. If you listen, if you listen to national radio around the They're country, all talking about it. everybody's talking about Colorado. You can you you can listen to a I don't know a a show in a big market like I don't know, like uh, L A right now or a big market like New York, and they all those big time radio shows had conversations about Deion Sanders and Colorado beating TCU. Usually, college college sports is regional. That's one of the stories that went national. Like everybody well, talked I about heard, a little bit. Uh, I heard Mark Schlereth, who lives in Colorado, <laughs> talking about how CU football's never talked about in Denver. No, they never yeah, talk yeah, about exactly. it. It's all Nuggets. Majors, it's Broncos. It's all, yeah, it's all pro, yeah, yeah, it's pro Rockies. Yep. And so now that's all they're talking about in Denver now. And, yep. and the Buffalo, I mean, this is the, what a great hire. Uh, and come on, Auburn. 
Come on. Anybody that had a coaching vacancy last year, like Auburn. Uh, but, you know, props to Colorado. They it, pulled it off. And, props uh, to TCU. At least they interviewed them. Well, guess what? If this if this trend continues, you know, who will be the biggest brand in the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma leave? We've had that debate. Dion. Now it's pretty obvious. It's Dion. <laughs> not Colorado. Dion's the yeah. biggest brand. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, when LeBron James was drafted by the Cavaliers, like I because I, mm-hmm. LeBron James was a high school phenom and on the cover of Sports Illustrated oh, when yeah. he was 16 years old, and I then being from Northeast Ohio and knowing just how irrelevant the Cleveland Cavaliers are mm-hmm. and were. Yep. When they drafted him, he was a bigger brand than their team, mm-hmm. and he made the Cavaliers something people cared about. Just like this is how you would compare Colorado. No one cared about Colorado football. They were one and eleven. Now with Dion, everybody cares about Colorado football. Yeah. No. I mean, how much that's gear do you point. think they're buying? Those white sweatshirts. There's been those. a seven hundred percent increase in merchandising sales. That was prior to the upset of TCU. Oh, my it's probably they're probably at upwards of close want, to a thousand percent. You know what I want? I want a pair of those sunglasses that Dion was wearing. Dude, he's, sharp. he's yeah. He's out there selling the merchandise right now. I, he should he should have a messy deal Can I have where he gets a cut of the merchandise, man. Merch. Uh, <laughs> all right. Also on the stock wa- stock watching college football, Washington had a great game with uh, Michael Penix. They hey. they look sharp. Florida State was ultra impressive against LSU. Uh, Utah with their big win over Florida without Pat. Cam Rising, and now they're going to Baylor this week to play oh. a quarterbackless Bears team. Yeah, it's only like a seven point spread on that game. I would for nine. Utah, well, by the way, Utah doesn't have Utah's not. Where's that game? It's at Waco. Yeah, Utah's not great on the road, but no shaping. Yeah, but they don't have their starting quarterback either. That, I mean, that kid who was playing last week. Well, yeah, I, they've been game playing. Like you, like Craven said, and we know this about Texas, there are some games that you circle in all offseason. You're preparing for those games. Utah probably did that early on with Florida. Texas did that with Bama last year. It's obvious that Colorado circled that with TCU. Um, I, it's Yeah, so it, it, there's a different – there's a different mentality when you have to go week to week to prepare for an opponent because you only get a certain amount of practice hours <laughs> in well, that week. That's you get right. a certain amount of time to practice, and they got class, well, and they want to go out, and they got girlfriends, and they got their fat little girlfriends, as <laughs> the great, <laughs> late Mike great Leach. Mike Leach would say. Yeah, so they got all these distractions, family and all this stuff, and then real life hits you. It ain't just it ain't off season. Off season and bowl games are different. You got three, got four weeks, you, months to prepare. No, in week, that's real football, baby. Week to week, five days to prepare. Get it right. Figure it out. Week to week. Week to week, uh, baby. Amid all the distractions, and that's mm-hmm. look. Uh, and Ty will give us his uh, gambling pick of the night here coming up. But look, more money is made week one into week two than any other week in my mind because the overreaction. People just assume whatever happened in week one is going to – well, they're no That's good. That's gospel. No. They're no good. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way Texas could cover seven and a half at, uh, at Alabama. Well, what do you think that line would have been before anybody played? It was probably four, four and a half, right? right? We're hovering around mm-hmm. under a touchdown. Now it's up over a touchdown. That's good value. I don't know if Texas is going to keep it inside the number, but at the same time, that's what you're looking for in gambling, value, something that jumps a lot. Based on one snapshot of a game, that's true. Um, you know, and Baylor and Utah are great examples. And Baylor will play better at home than they will against. Florida. And the, you're going to give a home team over a touchdown. Um, that seems heavy, but same time, uh, the overreaction is always there. The other teams that were really impressive in Week One, in my mind, uh, Oklahoma. You mentioned it, Rod. They oh, look like a whole different team. They did, and they've used that transfer portal much like Colorado and Texas State and others. Duke. How about Duke last night, beating Clemson? Mike Elko. Mike got that, Elko. Got that defense looking sharp, man. And I think, I mean, I know, I think Mike Elko, they miss him down at te- Texas A&M. Some of the, the discipline issues that they had last year with Jimbo Fisher kind of got off the rails. I think Mike Elko was big for that program while he was there. I don't disagree with that. Uh, and then the biggest stock down, biggest teams that this flat-faced or flat-lined on week one, LSU. 
after Brian Kelly was popping off before the game that they're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. They got the heck beat out of them. Uh, dominated in the second half. Clemson, what a disaster for Dabo Swinney last night, Rod. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's in the mid right now. Their their program is down for some reason con- with their w- compared to what their standard is. Yeah, they're slipping. Yeah. They're yes, slipping, and I compared it to Mac Brown after Vincent Cole. Oh, please don't. Hope that's. I not don't it. think it's fallen that far because they won eleven games last year. Mac went from national championship to a five win. I know, but that, yeah, that was a precipitous drop. <laughs> yeah, Clemson. Uh, They've lost three of their last four. And for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, because they lost to Tennessee in mm-hmm. uh, the Orange Bowl last year, Joe, Joe Milton and team, and then uh, South Carolina beat them late last year yep. as well. So, yeah, they're struggling. They were double-digit favorite in that game, too. Uh, South Carolina, they have a lot of expectation for Shane Beamer's team, and a Mac Brown won his 100th game at North Carolina. TCU, disappointing. Their defense was a mess. And i got to say this about TCU. Kendall Bryles, they were averaging seven yards a carry on the ground, Rod, yet they threw it a lot more than they ran it. Uh, people questioning Kendall Browse because the way to attack Colorado right now is control the ball, get it on the ground, and they had to figure out the offense because they didn't have much to go on with Deion mm-hmm. Sanders and that offensive coordinator. Control the ball, uh, and that's on Kendall Bryles, yeah, TCU. Agree, especially with the new clock rules. Yeah, yeah, you can you can just suffocate suffocate them. Yeah, I mean, play keep away. I, I think TCU panicked a little bit because uh, the scoring Colorado T- came out so yeah, hot yeah. and so focused and just tore them up, and then they felt like they had to respond to that. Either way, TCU mm-hmm. took a big hit. Obviously, Baylor took a big hit in Week One, and then Ohio State. They're grumbling in Columbus, Rod, because Ohio State. Won the game, but they only scored 23 points. And Marvin Harrison Jr., the best receiver in the country, caught three passes for 18 yards mm. against Indiana. Hey, so, Ohio State fans sound like long one fans. Yes, they did. <laughs> hey, coming up uh, after the rant, uh, bottom of the hour, I'll get you pro football focus. Rod has their highest graded quarterbacks in week one. Quinn Ewers not on that list. Quinn Ewers not on that list. Not on that list. But Shadur Sanders on that list. We'll get you the numbers coming up. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to Rod's rant. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, so it's kind of tough trying to figure out exactly how Bama's offense is going to look. We know that Nick Saban wants to keep pretty much the, the meat of his offense the same. He would like to keep the basic principles, the basic philosophy of his offense the same as it's been really since Lane Kiffin came along and and really changed uh, the offensive, uh, really the changed the whole entire DNA. offensive blueprint for Nick Saban. Yeah, and he, and he keeps adding to it, though. Yeah, he keeps does. adding to it with Steve Sarkeesian and adding to it with all the offensive coordinators he's had. But when Tom Reese comes in, he's just going to run – his own version of Nick Saban's offense. So it'll be essentially a cover version of Nick Saban's offense. So we don't know exactly how it's going to look. We're doing a lot of projecting and predicting as as to what it's going to look like. One of the things that I've identified, and I try to put myself in the coach's position. If I am Tommy Reese, how am I going to attack the Texas defense knowing what I know and gathering the information that I have about the film study I've done on Alabama. So I went back and watched some Tommy Reese games from his time as a play caller at Notre Dame. Went back and watched that. Went watched the most recent game for Alabama uh, against Middle Tennessee State, and they didn't show much, uh, but I, I, I was able uh, to gather some information um, and some data points, if you will, that led me down a rabbit hole. So I went back and watched the Alabama game last season, even though it's Bryce Young and Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator, so it's different. Remember, Bill O'Brien was running 
the Nick Saban offense, his own cover version of that offense. So you can gather, you know, just some, uh, like I said, some data points from that. And I also went and looked at the Rice game again because that's what Alabama's going to look at. They're going to look at that Texas Rice game and try their best to, you know, take whatever concepts that were successful for Rice versus the Texas defense. And there weren't many, by the way. There weren't many at all. The Texas defense was impressive, and it was a stifling, suffocating defense. But there was one concept that Rice had success with versus Texas last week. And the concept was empty formation. So with that data point, I began to go down the rabbit, went rabbit holing and began to extrapolate. So Rice last game, uh, and JT Daniels is a quarterback, he really couldn't do much at all because the Texas defensive line just dominated the Rice offensive line. But when they were in empty, an empty formation is simply with nobody in the backfield, put everybody on the line of scrimmage as receivers, um, and you know basically the, the quarterback has to get rid of the football quickly um, because he doesn't have uh, a running back or an extra tight end in the back. You could put a tight end, but usually empty formation puts everybody out on the route. Now you could keep the tight end as an extra blocker or maybe bring in one of your wide receivers. You can still run out of empty, by the way, because people run jet sweeps. He's, you know, a jet sweep motion. Technically, guy's not in the backfield behind the quarterback, so they still call that empty. But anyway, getting back to Rice. Rice ran nine empty plays. Texas did get a sack on one of those plays. Um, but if you're just looking at passes out of empty, Rice was uh, six of seven passes out of empty formation. And they had a, their only touchdown was out of empty. They had two first downs out of empty. Averaged 8.8 yards per attempt out of empty versus Texas. No big deal because Texas blew them out, and that was the only thing that worked versus Rice. But if you're Alabama, you're thinking, huh, I may be on to something. Go back and look at the Alabama game from 2022, Texas versus Alabama here uh, in Austin at DKR. Alabama won that game with one simple adjustment, empty formation. Yep. Bryce Young was 9 of 10 out of empty formation that game. In the second half, he was 8 of 8. He was 100% completion percentage in the second half of that game. Uh, you're talking about uh, he ended up with a touchdown uh, in the second half. He ended up with two first downs in the second half. That was the schematic adjustment that Texas defense had no counter for. PK couldn't figure it out. Not enough time um, to help Texas win that game. And for Alabama, that was their biggest schematic adjustment that helped them win the matchup versus Texas last year. So something to tell. And by the way, they they started something because when uh, they exposed Texas in that manner, you had some other uh, teams too. UTSA being one of them. I went back and looked at that UTSA game, and I went and looked at the um, the the Kansas State game because I went and looked at my notes and found out what teams utilized and deployed empty formation successfully versus Texas in 2022. UTSA, right after the Alabama game, mm-hmm. right? So Bama, you know, they run a lot of empty uh, plays and they expose Texas and they win the game running at 90% completion percentage for Bryce Young. And then Jeff Trailer right after that, UTSA, 24 plays of empty, 9.2 yards per attempt. Uh, for Frank Harris, uh, and 72% completion percentage out of empty. So they took what Bama was doing, and they were extreme uh, in their approach to use empty formation. And K-State was really good, too. They averaged 12.7 yards per attempt and 77% completion percentage. You could argue if Will Howard was running those plays out of empty rather than uh, Adrian Martinez, they probably would end up winning that game. But I digress. So last year, 
teams had success running that concept versus Texas, specifically Alabama, who started right the uh, the kind of uh, domino effect of teams deploying empty fort uh, against Texas. And now in this matchup uh, coming up this week. Alabama, you come full circle, they're going to be watching the Rice game. The only thing that worked offensively for Rice versus Texas was empty with Jalen Milrow as the quarterback. And, of course, Alabama having that in their repertoire, I think you're going to see empty formation because nothing stresses a defense out more than empty formation, but also nothing violates the structural integrity of a defense quite like a dual-threat quarterback. And conceptually, now you're talking about combining both of those uh, those variables, and you could potentially have you know nightmare fuel for a Texas defense in this matchup versus Alabama. So, I, I, like I said, I, I I saw it one time in the Middle Tennessee State matchup uh, for Alabama. One play they ran empty formation, and it was just a five yard hitch. And some would say, "Well, isn't that evidence that they're not going to run it?" Actually, no, because they'll look at what. Sark ran versus Rice, right? You had one target to motion. That's one of his favorite concepts. When you target a player that was in motion prior to the snap or at the time of the snap, you only had uh, one play out of, uh, I think you had three plays out of empty totally, like just in an, an entire game for Texas. You only had six plays, which are a 6-0 line package. You had six plays out of two, uh, two, two tailback sets, 21 personnel. Sark was really vanilla. And probably Alabama was pretty vanilla, too. But I, it just makes sense. If they don't use empty formation with a dual-threat quarterback like Jalen Muro, um, man, Alabama's really falling off. Yeah. <laughs> They've really fallen off because it just makes too much sense, E. Yeah. Way too much sense. Uh, agreed. And uh, to the point of the highest-graded quarterbacks in Week 1, uh, number five on the list, Jalen Milrow, 92.3, mm-hmm. pro football focus. Slanging it. Slanging it and running it. Yep. Um, by the way, the, the highest-graded quarterbacks week one, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss was number one. Blake Shapin at Baylor on one leg, essentially, against Texas State in a losing effort mm-hmm. was two. J.J. McCarthy was really good for Michigan. I love that guy as, mm-hmm. as a player. How about Penn State? Drew Aller, 92.9. How about the comment from Neil Brown, the coach at West Virginia, who said our game plan was to make the quarterback beat us, and he did. And he worked. Because yeah. that's the question. Well, depends. If I'm, I'm Nick Saban, I'll do that too. Well, listen, <laughs> well, that, well, and it didn't work because they couldn't stop Drew Aller. That, mm-hmm. To me, that's an impressive statement it is. because that's the question at Penn State. They've got running backs. They've got you know defensive players. That, are they right there or close to Michigan and Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Drew Aller could be the difference. And he was really good against a, a decent West Virginia team. Connor Wiegman was on that list, 91.9 for Texas A&M. Uh, Dewey, uh, DJ Uyunglele at Oregon State to, uh, to his little brother, uh, Tungalabailo at Maryland, Dylan Gabriel, and Shadur Sanders. Mm-hmm. Those are your top 10 highest-graded quarterbacks week one. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel. That's some Big 12 quarterbacks representing on there. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, now, Dylan Gabriel, I'm telling you, he's going to light it up. If he can stay healthy – that Oklahoma offense is going to be a bit of a problem. And we know the defense has improved, too. Well, and uh, they look better. <laughs> and Texas will find out where they stand because you'll get a good barometer playing a team like Alabama yeah. who will expose all of your issues. Well, and I don't know who they're going to deploy as a spy. If I'm Texas, you, you don't deploy the same player as spy every time. It makes it too easy to game plan against. You can use spy beaters. Jalen Muro is a great athlete, so he'll adapt and evolve to whoever that spy is going to be. You need to change it up. Sometimes it should be safety. Sometimes it should be a nickel. Sometimes it should be a linebacker. Sometimes it should be you know throwing Anthony Hill out there, whatever Ethan it may Burke. be. Uh, Ethan Burke can do it too. I would I, I would advise against making it the same player all the time because yeah, that makes agree. it really easy to game plan against. 
Um, so that's it's throwing it out there. It's, it's going to be a hell of a test, man. Nothing, I'm telling you, Jalen Milrow out of empty, That's it is nightmare fuel. Um, I, I, I had Bobby Burton um, – um, we were doing the inside Texas post game together, and we were talking about Alabama. And he was saying that Jalen Miro reminded him of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, I went back and got my notes because I actually made the same comment after the Super Bowl about Jalen Hurts out of empty formation and how difficult it was to defend. And they almost won that game essentially. And that was their adjustment: was the Eagles win a lot of empty formation with Jalen Hurts as the main rusher out of that situation. Well, it makes sense, Rod, too, because you have to cover everybody, but then you have to have someone to deal with the quarterback, and it just stretches your defense very thin side to side and, you know, beyond. I mean, that, and then you have, if you have an elite runner like Jalen Hurts or, or, or this guy, Jalen Milrow, that's a problem. It's a problem because even if you do have a spy on him, can he tackle him in the open field? That's right. Um, and and Jalen Hurts had five, it's his, in the Super Bowl, out of empty formation, five rushes for 53 yards. And they were and big one runs. Touchdown. And they were big runs, 10, 13, 27 yards. He had a touchdown run out of empty two for four yards. And they, they just found it too late. They had 12 play. basically they had 12 plays out of empty formation in the Super Bowl, and they averaged 8.2 yards per play. And they just found it a little too late. <laughs> hey, we come back. We'll hear Steve Sarkeesian, who knows Jalen Milrow very well, and uh, his thoughts on the quarterback that he once recruited to Alabama. Uh, now he's got to go against him. We'll hear that. Also, some more from Sark on yesterday's Game Week news conference. His thoughts on his team after seeing the film. See, Sark seemed a little bit irritated yesterday. And as you said to me, Rod, he probably watched the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that irritated happened. him. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that coming back here on Ian Rodby. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Tuesday, it's only Tuesday, and the buzz is already uh, afoot here with uh, Texas and Alabama. And as we talked about last hour, Rod, with Mike Craven, a big weekend of college football, because in addition to Texas-Bama, you've got uh, Baylor playing Utah up in Waco. You've got UTSA and uh, Texas State, which all of a sudden is kind of a compelling game because of the relationship between G.J. Kinney and his mentor, Jeff Trailer. And, of course, Texas State just beat Baylor in Waco. Oh, yeah. Uh, UTSA lost to Houston, so that's all of a sudden a pretty compelling football game that people will sink their teeth into this weekend and week two. Obviously, we're still recapping week one and uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from what we saw in the week first week of college football. And the uh, the sportsgasm really cranks up this weekend, Rod, because the NFL will be back. Oh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. We'll start breaking down some NFL games later this week, too. Chiefs-Lions. Where are you on the bullish side of the Lions? Are you feeling – they feel like their defense is really good. They've got one of the, the premier – the thing you don't talk about with the Lions enough is that they think they have one of the three or four best offensive lines in all of pro football with Penny Sewell anchoring the left tackle position. They feel like they can run the ball. And Jameer Gibbs, if, if B. John Robinson is a hotshot rookie of the year candidate, so is Jameer Gibbs. A lot of talk in Detroit that he's running first team. Like he's mm-hmm. they're using him. He doesn't lead the field, Rod. He runs he's running back, but when David Montgomery comes in, they move him over to slot receiver. Yep. He's yeah. going pretty early in fantasy drafts. 
I got him in one of mine. I'm happy to have him. But uh, yeah, so excited to see that. And of course, you're playing a Chris Jonesless Chiefs team because even they're not. He ain't gonna play if they haven't got anything done by now. It's already Tuesday. No, he's not playing. Joey, even if they did get it done, he wouldn't play. Six and a half point spread on that game. Who are you taking right now? Ooh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Uh, I might take the points. Just uh, yeah, ride it. That's what I was thinking. Could be a shootout, man. Definitely yeah, the would. over. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, also, Joey Boza still holding out in San Francisco. That's not re- resolved yet. Oh, they've admitted that uh, – John Lynch has admitted he's uncomfortable with the holdout, and he right now doesn't feel good about it. He's admitted that, which well, is, and that's not a good sign. <laughs> now there's a new holdout that's joined it. It's Brian Burns in Carolina. He is now not practicing – uh, Bryce Young, of course, in the Carolina Panthers. He's one of the premier pass rushers in the league. And he wants a new deal, but the Carolina Panthers won't move. They they want to see what Boza gets, right? That Boza mm-hmm. needs to set the market. and uh, Yeah, and they're like, dude, we're not going to be good. Why the hell are we paying you so much <laughs> money? Like, We might as well trade you for some picks. We're yeah. not going to be good for like three years. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Chris Jones in Kansas City, I know you've had your rant about the, uh, oh, the Chiefs not spending money despite Patrick Mahomes taking less money. Uh, letting Tyreek Hill go and now haggling with their best defense. They got defense the two team-friendliest deals in the history of the NFL in Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Go look it up. I'm not making that up. Travis Kelsey may go down as the greatest tight end in NFL history, and right now he's, what, fifth? The fifth highest paid tight end in the league. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to go down as a top four quarterback all time. This is the start of his career. He started, and he's already, what, eighth highest paid quarterback, and you don't want to pay – Tyreek Hill or Chris Jones? Like I'm, saying, I'm just asking, where's the money going? Because you got three, four rookies starting on defense right now. Yeah, pay the man. Well, and all he <laughs> wants, he wants more than he wants. Well, what did the Quinn, Quinn Williams just get? Right? Yeah, the he Quinn wants Williams market value yeah. for for the second best yeah, tackle in the league. The, the Jets just signed Quinn Williams, and there he, you know, he's making more than Chris Jones. Chris Jones saying, I just helped y'all win the Super Bowl, y'all. Oh yeah, but you I don't was win that. You don't win that first one without him for sure. The well, second one, maybe that first one, you don't win that one though. Well, then, did you see what he did last year in the NFL, in the AFC playoffs? Yes, he was, he was unblockable. He was a one man wrecking crew. Yes, one man wrecking crew. Well, you, you wonder if they're going to call his bluff and let him sit out the first seven games, come back for the eighth game and beyond, and or, may, still, or trade him. They'll still have him for the. I think they want him. I think they, I think they do too. I think they think they can survive the first seven games. You know, win half of them, be four and three or wherever that is, and then he comes back and he's still got to play for the contract because he's going to be a free agent when the season's over, and he's he's got to play or else he can't get vested to get to the free agency period. So I I don't know, and I, and I, but I'm with you on the Chiefs side of that organization playing hardball with their best player again. That seems that seems odd. So we will talk more NFL football. Uh, we'll get to the Cowboys. Cowboys have an issue, by the way. Do you see that? Uh, mm. uh, Tyler Smith, their second-year offensive lineman. He's been great. Hamstring. Hamstring. Uh, Jerry Jones was on 105.3 The Fan this morning and said he's going to have an MRI today. He says, we feel better after we visited with him, addressed it after practice. Hopefully it's not serious enough to impact him. So keep yeah, an eye on that. I mean, hamstrings with O-linemen, usually. Hopefully it's not that issue. It's not debilitating because he didn't have to open up with his, you know, his stride or anything. But it's just close to the season starting. That's unfortunate. Hey, can we play uh, this piece of sound from Steve Sarkeesian? We'll get back to the NFL tomorrow and into Thursday as the openers are get closer. But uh, I thought this was interesting because I mentioned I watched the uh, the Texas press conference yesterday, and Sark was a little ornery. Sark was a little. I mean, he and Anwar Richardson, Orange Bloods, they had a little. Not, not you know, it was just Sark was saying, "Is there a question there? Is there a question there?" Uh, what are you asking me? <laughs> that kind of stuff. And well, he, he went it. back and watched that film, and I think it put him in a bad mood. Well, was, after the game, he didn't watch the film, so he's all in a good mood thinking, yeah, so many guys play, and we were vanilla. He watched that film and realized, holy Chicago. 
we ain't got a shot to beat Bama if we play like that. Yeah, no, no chance. We got no chance. We, <laughs> we couldn't no pick up three blitzers. Let's hear Sark on the run game. I think this number two is specific to that, that, you know, they've got to be more physical. I mean, they, they weren't physical enough against Rice because um, they looked a little bit confused at some things. And this would be your point, Rod, of why he was probably frustrated. Here is Sark on what he saw when he saw the film about the, the Texas running game. Yeah, CJ's back at practice today, uh, which was a positive. Uh, run game-wise, um, you know, th- there were moments when it, it looked really good, you know, and I thought we find, started to find a little bit of rhythm there. Uh, but, but my evaluation of the run game might be different than others. It's how do we run the ball when they know we're going to run the ball? Uh, that, that's, that's really critical, uh, and that's something we take a lot of pride in in our team run periods, the emphasis in which we do it. Um, but, but like I said earlier, I thought some of the errors that occurred in the run game, why things weren't as clean as we maybe would have liked, um, we didn't trust our training well enough. And that, that's something that uh, we need to improve upon, you know, because we can't, can't guarantee what every front's going to be or what every pressure and line stunt's going to be. So we've got to trust our training and use our fundamentals and use our techniques and improve upon those to make sure, regardless of what the look is that we get, that we block it accordingly and that we do it with, in, with a level of physicality that is up to our standard. Not physical enough. Mm, they weren't physical enough. Uh, he wanted them to play bully ball against Rice, and they didn't for the entire game. They did in the second half. They got back to some of that. Uh, to your point about Sark being in a bad mood, or at least just, uh, you know, maybe a being testy, a little, little testy. A little blah, exactly. A little irritated, whatever it may be. I mean, he wasn't bad mood. Maybe he was a little irritated after watching the film. He was asked about the deep ball. Shout out to my man uh, Tyler Feldman um, because that's where I got it from. Uh, he was asked about the deep ball and I honestly I didn't see the press conference live I'll admit that I went back and watched it on YouTube and did hear this question on the YouTube uh video oh, yeah, this was interesting so I don't know because if they took it well, well, off or whatever for context I will say that the, the Sark already addressed earlier the uh Sark had addressed earlier the uh the the, the, the deep ball question and so then, yes. it, then it came back. I think was part of the deal. Uh, either way, uh, it was. You know, we'll, all right, so let's play that. This is uh, what from KVU twenty four. It is from uh, Tyler Feldman. Yes, uh, shout, t- shout out to Tyler Feldman from KVU. Yes. All of that. We need to pass protect better. We need to run better routes. We need to throw it better. There you go. A little, little irritated. All of that. See, yeah. Well, all I, of that. He's tired of talking uh, about it. Well, he's tired of talking about that deep ball now. After watching all of Sark's mm-hmm. coverage, he's fine if you ask him a question. He doesn't like when you try to lead him into an answer. I mean, he, you know, because that's what good. That's you know that Rod in TV. They're trying to they're trying to get a soundbite for a story they've already probably written. You know yeah, what I mean? Very true. They're trying to get Sark to say, and he, you know, there wasn't. You know, he he kind of laid it out for him. Tyler Feldman did, which is fine. But you know, sorry, I could already addressed it earlier, and uh, he was he was getting tired. He's tired to talk about the deep ball, right? Don't poke the bear. 
I know he's tired of talking about the deep ball, but he's the one well, that is keeps so, calling him. He's the one that's so committed to the deep ball. He's, he's like Pookie from New Jack City. He's like, he keeps calling me. I need that deep ball, baby. Give me that deep ball. It's like, I mean, you're the one who's obsessed with it. We're not obsessed with the deep ball. You're obsessed with the deep ball. We are actually pleading with you to throw the deep ball less, to throw fewer deep balls on first down. You're the one who keeps throwing the deep ball. That's why we're talking about the deep ball. And you emphasize improving the deep ball in the offseason. And what I saw in game one did not look like improvement. So all the time you spent in the offseason working on the deep ball, getting reps in the deep ball, getting better, placement, accuracy, all that in the deep ball, routes, all that improving deep ball. You're telling me you went 0 for 6 and you don't want me to talk about it? You are the one who was obsessed with it. We don't want you to throw it anymore because we're tired of talking about it too because it's so inept and so bad. So stop throwing them and then we'll stop talking about them. You stop obsessing about it. It ain't us. It's you. Can't add to that. Can't add to that. Hey, we come back. It's going to be uh, who said that? Who said it, Rod? You got some who good stuff that? for me today? I got, got some, some stuff for you. I got some stuff. Uh, we will have that. Who said it on the other side of a quick timeout? The fabulous fifth hour to follow as we go five hours a morning, five days a week here on Ian Rod B. Who said it? Who said it? It's a good sound that we found that uh, we like to hear. You want to hear it, too. And then we decide if we can guess who that is, Rod. Uh, and we have who fun said with that? Who said it? Who the heck said it? Uh, we, we got that. We heard from Sark this morning. We've heard from Kelvin Banks this morning, the Longhorn left tackle. Also, JT Sanders all admitting that the Longhorns uh, offense has to play at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Raise the bar. Raise the roof. Um, and that's uh, that's the way it goes, uh, you know. And, and I thought Mike Craven said something, and you've said it this this since yesterday, Rod. You know, if Texas goes out and, and plays Alabama off their feet, maybe steals a win or even plays close. You know, the Rice game will I don't say for, be forgotten, but it won't be as as, as a big no. a deal. And yeah. you know, that's that's how you and that's the week one to week two stuff and uh, the overreactions either way. I mean, uh, that that it happens every year. Um, but yeah, you have to go play because you just said it. After watching the film, Sark knows very well if they if they play anything close to like they did on the offensive line against Rice against Alabama, they're not. It's not going to be a close game. Yeah, I mean, you might average, get Quinn Ewers hurt again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he got hit a lot. You said that yesterday. He's like he got hit a lot. And go back and rewatch it, guys. He takes a lot of licks for Rice. You're supposed to, you're supposed to get hit that much versus Rice. If Rice is hitting your quarterback that much, how much you think Bama? Go hit them. Yeah, yeah. They're going to take some shots. All right, give me some sound, Rod. What do we have and who said that? All right, this first piece of sound is uh, a Power 5 head coach after the game. After that first play by Mercer, the touchdown, just how did you feel the defense kind of responded after that, just overall in it with this new system under goalie? Well, I said on the headset, I paid a lot of money, um, Pete, for you, and that's not exactly what we're expecting. <laughs> Isn't that great piece of sound? Is that Lane Kiffin? Yes, it is. <laughs> we paid a lot of money. Is that uh, about yeah. Pete Golden, his defensive coordinator? <laughs> That's, That's great. great. That is great, isn't it? That, that is, is awesome. That's a good, great piece of sound. I think you'll like this one, too, because, you know, it is uh, college football, but these are student athletes, Rod. Student athletes. Student athletes, and some of them still play school. Could you guess who this is? Professor Taylor, if you're seeing this, please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight, <laughs> I think, at 12. So it may already be 12. There you go. Oh, you guess who that is? I got no shot. That is uh, the Duke quarterback. Oh, uh, okay. Duke's quarterback, who last night after they stunned Clemson twenty-eight oh, yeah. to seven, and Riley Leonard and had himself a pretty good game. 
he said, uh, he said, hey, listen, professor, would you play that again? Hey, professor, uh, I know I got some homework due tomorrow here at Duke, which is a very high and elite educational opportunity. Let me play that again. Riley Leonard uh, begging his professor to let him let him let him slide a little bit on an assignment that's due. Professor Taylor, if you're seeing this, please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight. I think it's 12, so it may already be 12. Okay. What do you think that professor says? Uh, uh, honestly, with the this is post upset, right? Yeah, post upset. Uh, you know what? He might give. He might. He might let him give get a little extra time for the assignment, whatever it may be. He, he threw for one seventy five and ran for ninety eight. Yeah. If you if you now if you didn't win the game, then oh man, I'm need I'm need that assignment on time, son. I need you to get there on time. But hey, man, you pulled the upset. That's a big. That's a big win. Biggest, so. biggest win, their, their first win against a top AP top 10 opponent since Steve Spurrier in 1989. Give him a little extra time. A little extra time. Come on, Prof. You earned that. The world, as the great Augie, late great Augie Rito would say, one of his great Augieisms, the world is a very different place for winners than it is for losers. That's right. <laughs> and that young man's a winner. And pretty people, too. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, and we all know we know that, yep. for sure. Uh, all right, another piece of sound here. This is a, another Power 5 head coach. I think you'll be able to figure out who this okay, is. Okay, here we go. He's won, every, he's won in everything he's done in football. He's won as a player. He's won as a coach. So I think everyone, everyone maybe thinks like outside, not me, everyone else thinks like, well, this is, this is all a show. And at, he's, he, he's the most serious person about football. Like his poster was on people's walls for a reason as a player because he's one of the hardest practicing, hardest playing people that's ever played the game, right? So um, why would we think that his team wouldn't be the same, you know? CJ uh, CJ White's on our staff was a strength coach for him. He told us like early on, like let me tell you how they're going to practice. Let me tell you what they're going to do. So, the utmost respect for Coach Sanders. Like when he was um, when he was the head coach head coach of Trinity Christian, I recruited Quaylen Jones out of there. He's a football guy. Like he's it, it, like all the other stuff, the commercials and all those things. Those are extra things you get to do when you're elite at football. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. You know, I mean, I think everything he's ever done in football, he's been successful at, and so he's being successful here already. There you go. That's Matt Rule. There it is. Yes, it is. Getting ready for his big matchup versus Prime. This is not judgment, Ron. This is observation. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Since he left Baylor, Matt Rule's gotten heavier. Am I right about this? Um, he was always he was yeah a heavy I, I, set fellow. Yeah, I think Todd's right. He was always pretty heavy set. I don't I mean, know. The more I've money, never, I've never money skinny get, Matt Rule. The more money you get, the yeah, you eat better. Fatter you get. Yeah, you eating better. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree with Ty. He's always been heavy set. The you Matt Rule. Who else is on that? Is Mike, was, El, Mike Elko. He was an O line guy, if I'm not mistaken. Brett so. Rule. Oh, Matt Rule was a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? No, but he, he's coached O line. So O-line. you coach O line. You can't be a skinny. When's the last seen a skinny guy coaching O line? <laughs> Joe Philbin. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Exactly. Nobody liked him. He was skinny coaching <laughs> O line, man. I got a skinny coach for you. See if you can guess who this is. I know you'll know the voice. This is a. He's fairly. He's really skinny, actually, for a football coach. Yeah, I'm not. Haven't gotten used to it yet. Uh, it's and it, it's going to take a while. Uh, and I, I hate to admit this, but I was in there chewing the offense's ass out, the offensive staff, and I said, I'm just telling you, when, when, when we play TCU, it's going to be the same way if they do this. And they said, Coach, we don't play TCU. And I was like, <laughs> if we play TCU, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, that, and I, I was on a roll, you know what I'm saying? You remember when uh, uh, in Animal House when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Hell no! Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! Well, I was in the Germans bombing Pearl Harbor, and one of the young coaches go, Coach, we don't play TCU. I'm like, 
Well, if we played them. Because uh, they played some three down in, in this game. See, they didn't play this defense last year. They played an odd front with a stand-up guy. This was a new defense. Um, and it was kind of – TCU did it, so I was using them as an example. Of, if we do that, they're going to kick our ass like they just kicked our ass, and we don't play them. So There you go. Uh, I haven't quite adjusted to it, to be honest with you. Um, it just hadn't got there uh, with me. Um, but I, I will say that uh, – There you go. You know who that is. That's what Mike Gundy. That is the man, Mike Gundy. He, Mike Gundy is funny. What do you like about that? I love me some Mike Gundy, though. He's hilarious. And you can see him in that coach's room just laying into him. And somebody <laughs> says, like, Coach, we don't, don't play TCU. <laughs> He's Shut like, up. You know what the hell I'm talking about? <laughs> you, if you're a parent, you'll find this out. Don't right? let facts interrupt a good rant, damn yes. it. <laughs> when you're, when you, you'll be a parent here shortly. But when, you're, when you have kids, you do that. And they'll say something, and they're always right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong, and you're just ranting. I'm ranting, ranting and ranting. And they're and they're like, like, actually, Dad, that's the wrong day. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, and you're, you're like, I don't give a damn what day it is. That's I not said. the point. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. That is funny. Cause my that mom, isn't the point at all. <laughs> <laughs> don't and let, let, let your facts and accuracy interrupt my good rant I'm on here, though. I'm rolling. Uh, There's no better feeling than a, as a kid than calling out your parents and them realizing they're wrong <laughs> and then still being like, well, it doesn't matter anyway. It's like, <laughs> you're still in trouble. Yeah, exactly. I w- you do it because I said so, damn it. That's why you do it. Yeah. Can <laughs> I give like, you uh, a, uh, there was a moment in my when my kids were growing up that I thought my wife was going to throw my son Nolan over the balcony. Oh, we you had told a, me this. I love this story. Yeah. So, Noel, you know Nolan. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Great. He's a baseball player, so I picked him up at baseball practice. We come home, and I, his mom was in a bad mood, and she was up there cleaning the the boys' bathroom. My two sons shared a bathroom. Oh, which you know has got to be gross. Oh, and they just were disgusting. They, they don't. They can't find the toilet. It's oh, everywhere. Just towels all and over. And she's the place. up there, seven levels of angry. She's just like scrubbing, scrubbing it Making, down. Basically, working herself literally into a lather and figuratively too. Like she's just mad, mad getting angry. You're well, about to like, I think it's like Thursday, and company's <laughs> coming the next day, oh, and they're man. supposed to have done this. And so Nolan goes up. I say, go see her. I mean, she wants to. We'll, we'll eat when you come back down. And so he goes up there. I and I, and I, I, he didn't even go up. He's no. Like, <laughs> he's like, go up there. I'll be waiting down. I here. knew what was coming because I had to. You know, she was ranting before I left to go pick him up at the high school. And uh, come in. And he goes up the steps. And he, I'm, you know, I can hear everything that's being said. Oh, no. And uh, and she said, "Would you? You just left baseball practice. Would coach let you leave the, the locker room looking like this?" And uh, and he goes. Mom, we have janitors. <laughs> and I thought he was coming over because we had a, like a balcony thing. I thought he was coming over. I really did. I thought he was coming down. I was going to have to catch him <laughs> or down the stairs. I was Mom. like, oh. And so I take I take up, up the steps. I just have to like get him. Come on. Oh, <laughs> man. Because, you know, she saw red then. Oh. Like, like that was not the right answer. <laughs> but no, knowing knowing Nolan, he probably didn't even mean for that. Right, he didn't definitely like, he, he didn't, like, did not he mean. Yeah. He did not to he not mean to he did not mean to imply that she was the janitor of the house. But she was, he was just pointing out that mom at school we have janitors. <laughs> <laughs> they clean everything. Uh, yeah, they clean all of that. Like what? It's great. You should go to school. <laughs> all right, we'll come back. Uh, when, by the way, speaking of janitors, we, we were everybody was off on Monday, so we don't have any paper towels in our bathroom, run. What oh, are we doing no. in there? Oh, oh no, I saw I heard you know what? I had to like, you know, just just shake them dry. You gotta shake them dry. 
Shake them. Go down to the kitchen there and get the paper mm-hmm. towel roll. Take it in there. Hey, so that they just get means that straightened that, out. That means people are washing their hands. I'm happy. I'm, when the soap is out in the bathroom, I applaud. I'm happy. That means y'all, my fellow coworkers, and people I have to share this building with and share a bathroom with are washing their hands. I got a friend who's a janitor at a school, and I won't even name the school. He said he went a whole semester and he never had to refill the soap. Never! The whole semester because the kids weren't washing their hands. Disgusting. Teach your kids to be better. Animals. Disgusting. We'll be back. We have the fabulous fifth hour of our program, which, you know, it's just kind of like you never know. You never know. You never know. We will uh, pick that up. Also, uh, more with Sark. Rod's got another trip behind the BOC. And uh, by, the end, by the end of the hour, we'll get the what's popping picks and what's coming, including that big Astros-Rangers game two. Ghost Could it be the big shot in the arm the Rangers were looking for in this slump that they're in? We'll get you details. It's all coming on Ian Rodby.